Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. One oh seven in Edmonton, second hour of Oilers now. Brendan Ulrich hosting for Bob Stoffer today. Brendan Escott riding shotgun here as well behind the glass. Second hour of the show. Oilers Now is always brought to you by Digitex, trusted by 630 Ched. Visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more. Digitex.ca. You can call on our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. You can text us, 630-630, on our Heartland for text line with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. They're one of the largest of volume for dealers in Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. And some guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton, South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. Friend of the show... We bring aboard Peter Lavardius from the Fan 960 in Calgary, the radio color commentator. Peter, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? Not bad at all. Things are pretty good, good here. Looking good. forward to the game tomorrow, as I'm sure you are as I well. Am. Battle of Alberta doesn't get any better. Well, it's you know it's it's interesting. I'm still looking for it, and hopefully, I hang in long enough for the next time those teams actually get together for a playoff series. I don't know what's going to happen on the ice. I think the whole province might implode with the two fan bases going at one another. So (laughs) as long as you don't get caught in the shrapnel somewhere there. But uh, that's what I really think that the Battle of Alberta needs to get back to, you know, a little closer to the old days. But, you know, there's not a lot of separation right now in the standings between the two of them. And, uh, you know, it's always fun on Saturday night when those two teams get together. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to a young Escott behind the glass here. He's uh, the new producer of Oilers now, and he's a younger guy, 23, I think he is. 24. 24, okay. So and I'm you 28. Mean like, the, like the ancient guy that you are? <laughs> well, I st- when I started. Are you kidding me? Holy cow, I've been in the business seven years longer than you've been alive. <laughs> Well, I was going to get somewhere with this, uh, Peter. You know, um, when I first started the job as Bob's producer, I was the same age as Brendan. So um, I always hoped that one day we would see the Oilers and the Flames in the playoffs, and it still hasn't happened. So we're still waiting. It might happen this year. It might happen this year. It might. You never know. Hopefully, but it's funny, we were literally talking about that earlier because you read Mark Spector's book about the Battle of Alberta, how mm-hmm. great it was, and I haven't seen much of that myself in terms of watching no. the games. No, and I, uh, I've been around it a long time. I've even been on the other side of the fence um, back in the mid-2000s and even into the 90s when I worked in television at what was then CFRN and now CTV. So, you know, I've seen it on both sides of the ledger, and I still haven't seen those two teams play in a playoff series. And I've been covering the league by and large since 1997. So there you go. 
Well, hopefully that changes when it's all said and done uh, at the end of the season. But first, we have four games to play between the two teams, and the first one is tomorrow night. And who would have thought it would be David Riddich, uh, Peter, against uh, Miko Koskinen in goal? No, not this guy. No, I I would have penciled that in as a Mike Smith versus Cam Talbot for sure. And uh, it's an interesting scenario now in both cities, obviously a lot closer to what goes on as somebody who follows the Flames each and every day. But, you know, David is off to a terrific start. He's 5-1, and one, 9.35 save percentage. And for poor Mike Smith, it is just, it's it's been a struggle. And last night was kind of, you know, a punctuation night. And Flames really played a quality, quality game against the Montreal Canadiens. But Carey Price was Carey Price. And at 2-2 in the third... Arturi Lekkonen scores the second goal of the year on one that, uh, you know, is basically a wrister from the top of the left circle and finds its way right through the five hole. And, you know, Mike in this market is, he's taken a bit of a beating, to be sure. It didn't end well last year, which certainly wasn't all on him after he made the all-star team and was just fabulous all the way last year for this team up until the all-star break and then missed a month when he got hurt in a game February the 11th in Brooklyn against the New York Islanders, and he's still trying to find his way. So David Riddick gets the big call and the big fin, old number 19, which, you know, <laughs> I watched him a lot on the way up, and I watch a ton of international hockey, so I might have been one of the least surprised people when he opted for number 19 this year in Edmonton, but there you have it. That doesn't surprise me. You would have been the one who have, who has watched Miko Koskinen play a few times because none of us in Edmonton had ever really seen him play. So, but you, Peter, I know you watch a lot of hockey. So I, I do. You know, the guy that hosts the show, him and I are kind of cut very much from you know a pretty similar cloth. <laughs> so, so there you go. But yes, he has been good. Um, just back to Riddich here. So he's five and one, as mm-hmm. you said, one point. 9-1 goals against average. Uh, Smith is 5-7-1, 3.51 goals against average. So do you just roll with Riddich here moving forward? Like, at what point do you say, we just need to ride the hot hand here and, you know, start playing Riddich uh, a little bit more than, what is he playing, 33% of the starts right now? Well, the interesting part is, is that's the question right now. And prior to last night, and not just because of the way that it ended, in part because of that, but because of the fact that David is playing so well. I still, by and large, believe that some at some point I think Mike's going to write the ship. I just think he's too good. He's been around too long. And, you know, in those situations, I think his body of work says that he deserves a longer leash. I don't know which way the coaching staff is going to go. There was some wonderment, even when I came to the rink for practice, which just ended a few minutes ago, as to which way Bill Peters would go. Bill has already, as you know, uh, said he's going to go with David Riddick. What we don't know is, is he going to run him for a little while, or is he going to go in the direction that I might be more prone to go with right now and more of a win-you're-in type of scenario, or I'll maybe take it one step farther, Brendan, play well and you're in. Uh, That wouldn't surprise me, and, you know, the other wouldn't surprise me if, Certainly for, let's say, the Flames have three games left on this homestand. Maybe for sure you might say, well, David, we're not going to hang you, you know, completely on one night at home where if you take a look at his splits, there's a massive difference numbers-wise 
for David in his young career, how he's played at home and how he's played on the road. He's been fabulous by and large on the road, especially this year, but he hasn't played that much at home either. So, you know, that's not necessarily a fair comparison, but that's probably the next question. I, I'm probably, if, if it was me, and thank goodness it's not, no thanks. Um, I'm probably in a win you're in because I don't think you, you know, you got to be careful with, with Mike Smith if you still think, and I do, that at some point he's going to write the ship and still probably get the bulk of the work. Um, but would it surprise me if they said, okay, we're giving you the ball, David Riddick? from now till the end of this homestand, which has three games left in it. So we're all wondering and curious, and we'll see how it goes starting tomorrow night. Is uh, Lindholm going to play tomorrow night, Peter? Well, they say it's maintenance. He blocked a shot. He, he, you know, he looked like he was trying to make a kick save last night, and I bet he never does it again. He took a wrist shot on what looked to be the instep of his foot. Uh, they call it maintenance today. We'll see how it goes. You know what it's like. You get through the game, and then you take the skate off, and you go to bed, and uh, it swells up guaranteed. So I do know this. For the Calgary Flames to this point in the season, if I had to name MVPs, there'd be two of them, Mark Giordano and Elias Lindholm. So if he is out of the lineup for any length of time, it would be a massive blow. I have been just so impressed with his 200-foot game. He's produced, you know, his 19 points. He's been a wonderful fit for Gaudreau and Monaghan. He's the best face-off man on the team. Takes strong side face-offs, turns pucks over, leads to a lot of grade A-type opportunities. I knew they were getting a good player. I didn't know he was this good. And he's just one of those guys, I think, Brennan, you, you really have to watch him on a night-by-night basis to appreciate what he's all about. Well, in order to uh, you know have a little bit of a ballot here, you need to nominate three players. Would your third nominee, Peter, be Matthew Kachuk, who leads the team in points right now? Well, he, he would be on that team, for sure. Um, yeah, I'd probably, if there was a three-star nomination, he would be there. He's... You know, he has nine goals, and he now leads the team in points after his first multi-goal effort of the season. And um, he's, you know, become a huge fixture on the team's power play. It's funny, and I, I like to use this, especially if I'm talking in Edmonton. Um, you know, Matthew is just incredible around the net in terms of his ability to deflect and redirect pucks. And it reminds me a lot of, you know, having the fortunate pleasure of watching and getting to know Ryan Smith. You know, they both work at it, or in Ryan's case, incredibly hard. The game has changed. You know, for Matthew, Matthew doesn't have to take the same kind of absolute pounding in front of the net. I still have nightmares for Ryan Smith when I think about those late 90s playoff series against Darian Hatcher and the rest of the Dallas Stars and, you know, either saw or heard stories about how black and blue Ryan's whole back would be. But, you know, Matthew has incredible hockey intelligence. He's grown grown up around it his whole life. And um, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be a star in this league. He he loves it. He thinks it at an incredibly high level. Hand-eye coordination is fabulous. Can make plays. He's he's just a terrific player. And And the great thing is he doesn't even turn 21 until the 11th of December. So he's also a guy, and I don't put many in this category. I even said it on our own radio show today. 
there's a lot of good players out there, but I'm not always convinced, and I think they're getting harder to find guys that I really feel you can win with, and Matthew Kachuk is one of those guys for me. Yeah, he's one of a kind, no doubt about that. Um, so we, we talked about some wingers that are doing good for the Flames right now, um, of course, Lindholm, and uh, we just talked about Kachuk. What's going on with James Neal right now, uh, Peter? Three goals, one assist, 19 games. He's uh, playing on the third line, I believe. Um, bit of a struggle, I guess, after signing that big contract so far in Calgary. What's going on? Is there trouble in paradise with uh, Bill Peters, would you say, or is it just No, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. But I do think there's a few things, and I'll try to be as succinct as I can. You sign a new contract, so there's extra pressure. You know, you make a long-term commitment. And what kind of a market is James Neal in for the first time in his life in the NHL? He's in a Canadian market where, uh, even though I think Calgary is is pretty kind in comparison to other Canadian markets in terms of what it demands. It's still new. It's a new pressure. Uh, my guess is when he signed the deal with the general manager, Brad Kaleving, probably thought the year was going to start with Monaghan and Gaudreau, and I think that was the team's intention. But the way Elias Lindholm has kind of grabbed that spot and the way he's played, what do you do then? So that hasn't necessarily worked out. And even when they've tried him there at times, it it hasn't gone all that well. So my guess is he's trying to find his way. He's dealing with a different type of pressure and a different kind of market. You know, I've known James for a long time. I I remember, you know, watching him play as a 17-year-old in the Ontario Hockey League and broadcast the 2007 Memorial Cup in which he was a huge part of, the then Plymouth Whalers. So he's been a good player in the league for a long time. He's scored 20 for 10 straight seasons. He's going through an early funk. I actually thought he was starting to come out of it a little bit um, for four or five games before the end of the California trip, which made huge headlines because he was benched and, and didn't play in the third period. Last night I thought he was just fine. We'll see how it goes. It's, it's November. It hasn't necessarily started, certainly the way he would have liked to. And that's the thing that I always want to talk about, Brennan, is the fact that you think that good players don't know when they're struggling? They know. We don't have to tell them. They don't have to read it. They don't have to see it on Twitter. They don't have to hear it on radio shows. They know. But not unlike any other human being, they go through tough stretches. They go through slumps. And I always think, and I feel very strong about this, that when good players who maybe haven't had a lot of lengthy struggles go through it, I think it's way more difficult for them because they don't know as much about it. They haven't had to endure it and go through it. You know, it's it's funny. It's I see Mike Smith and James Neal right now kind of in the same category. They just the only way you can get through it is to fight through it and work your way out of it and at some point probably play two or three really good games in a row where, you know, you have some results and then you build your confidence back and you feel better about yourself and Things are better. Just before we let you go, Peter, uh, a few texts coming in here. Oiler fans want to know if the Flames are going to address some of their muscle tomorrow night, and maybe we'll see an old-fashioned uh, Battle of Alberta showcase or something like I that. I don't think so. No? Uh, you know, the, there's not a lot necessarily of it left. Uh, I haven't heard any word about recalling Anthony Peluso back, who they've used, you know, in certain games this year. 
to be more of, I think, a deterrent than anything else. And this guy is grade A tough for sure. Haven't heard about any of those kind of moves. The way the Flames are playing, to be frank, I don't think I'd go in that neighborhood. I think this is a deep team. I think they're in a stretch of nine games, even though they've lost three or four, where they've played some really good hockey. And I think, you know, they're going pretty well. They could use a couple more saves some nights or a little more luck around the net. But I've watched this team for a long time and covered it for a long time. I think this is the deepest team they've had here for a long time. And, you know, after kind of struggling early to find their way, especially defensively, I think they're a pretty good team right now. And and I think one of these nights they're going to break out with a five or a six spot. I know they'd love it to be tomorrow. I know your fan base sure as heck hopes it's not tomorrow. But we'll see how that goes, too. Yeah, you know what? I do think the Flames are the better team top to bottom. Uh, the Oilers just have a bit of an X factor with Connor McDavid, so we'll see yeah, what happens tomorrow night. That, <laughs> but I, no, I agree he, with you. He needs to work on his speed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but when he gets that figured out, boy, he's going to be a heck of a player. <laughs> Wow, he's. I didn't think he could get faster, but even in the preseason, which is the only time this year in person I've had a chance, and I love, I just love watching him play, and have ever since he played for Canada at the World Under 18 Championship as a double underage, and all he did was lead Canada to a gold medal and was the tournament MVP. That's when I thought this guy was going to be pretty special. He's pretty special. Peter, as always, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Thanks for having me. Always love coming on your station. Take care, guys. Have a great day. That's Peter Labardius. Great guy. Friend of the show. Knows the Calgary Flames better than anyone else. And I just said that I think the Flames are the better team. We actually did a battle of Alberta pool uh, with our sales department. A Calgary Flames fan came up with the idea. And uh, you have to pick who's going to win all the games if each team makes the playoffs. In terms of the games, I picked the Flames going 3-1 over the Oilers. And I'm saying that on a show called The Others. Now, I just think the Flames are a deeper team. That's my uh, personal assessment. That doesn't mean the Oilers can't go into Calgary and win tomorrow night. I'm not saying that. I just think if you have to make a prediction, I picked the Flames to make the playoffs at the start of the season. I think I had them second in the Pacific. I think I had the Oilers as a wildcard team. So, Not with their goaltending the way that it's been. And unfortunately for Flames fans, however many might be listening to this show, goaltending has been the bugaboo for them for a few years now. I mean, the, the, the roster's good enough, except for that. Yeah, and it's no, not like fair. Mike Smith couldn't get the job done, but he's, you know, he's proving that he's very much on the downward uh, trajectory of his career. That's fair. I just, like, even with that goaltending, they still have 10 wins. They're 21 points, and, you know, they're two points back of the Sharks with, t- with two games in hand on the Canucks and one on San Jose. So once the goal, if the goaltending figures itself out, look out. The Flames are a really good team. They have a lot of goal-scoring power. A lot of guys going right now. It's a 125 in Edmonton. We're late for the break. <laughs> Again. See a trend here? Well, you know what? I'm going to listen on Monday and uh, see how late you go to some of your breaks. It happens, man. You'll learn. Anyways, I better shut up. It's a 126 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.